Fans of the Dynasty Invest podcast, if you feel like there was one particular episode in the back catalogue in the anthology of Dynasty Invest podcast episodes that really, really, really was massively valuable to you, feel free to share that with a fellow dental colleague who's in a similar position so their understanding of finance can be elevated and they can hit the next level of financial success in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. What is up, everybody? Another episode of the Dentistry Invest podcast shooting live in 2024 with returning face, Sarah Grace, expert. Hi. Hello. Hello again, Sarah, expert on mortgages. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today because we're going to talk about how lenders define income because how dentists define income and how people define income, not actually exactly the same. Right, Sarah? Yeah. No, no, exactly. So, yes. So, if we start at the beginning, the beginning of the dental career path, you've uh, just finished your FD, um, and then you go uh, as an associate, typically in a NHS mixed practice. So, you don't have two years accounts or even one year's accounts. There's some lenders that will do that. Uh, we can work off uh, either your UDA contract value and lenders will use that full value. So if you're doing 4,000 UDAs, at which we seem to be getting people earning 1359, uh, that seems to be the sort of uh, new rate for UDAs. So we've then got uh, 54K and then you might have some private income on top of that. Lenders, we've got lenders that will use 54k, and then we've got lenders that will use the average of let's say your last six months pay schedule or less if you've got less months. So, so, um, that's that's that income. Uh, then we might have once you've, once you've got one year's accounts, we've got high street names that will do one year's accounts, so you don't have to have horrible rates. Um, and even on the uh, pay schedules, they're not horrible rates either. We've got several lenders that will uh, work on pay schedules. Um, so then we've gone to you've been a sole trader typically, and then your accountant because your income is going to go over 100k or or 50k even to keep you out of the 40% bracket. Might your accountant might advise you to go limited. So, so then we've got the potential problem of lenders then not using uh, your income because you've you've not got two years figures in your new trading style, uh, which that's not a problem with several lenders. Um, uh, with with you know high street names as well. It's just knowing who to go to. And then we and then we're looking at limited companies where typically you've perhaps got husband and wife or or wife and significant other or husband and significant other um we've uh, we've we've then perhaps got where you're an established practice 
um, and you're keeping your income tax efficient and you might be taking just like, say, uh, salary and dividends of 50K each. So your, your combined income from some lenders' point of view will be 100K. So I have clients say, what's the biggest uh, income multiplier I can get with a lender? So you can get six times, but you, you that might be six times of your salary and dividends, which which if that's 100K, is is um is like 1.2 mil so so the uh, 1.1 mil sorry go on is it oh, i can't i can't do the math <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah but then your profits and i had this case yesterday husband and wife taking 100k between or they were taking 100k each um and uh, but the profits of the business was 500k. Now I've got a lender, let several lenders that will do five, five and a half times the profit plus their salaries. So, so you know, we're looking at an income each of over 100k. Um, they they will lend five and a half times of like the 200k. So then. You're, you're sorry of the 500k so then you're looking at a massive 2.75 million instead of the uh, 1.2 so so you know what is income it's it's uh it's what what the lenders the way they look at it it can be very very different Depends which lender you ask, basically, is, is the yes. answer to that question. What is it? Yeah. How do they define it? Yeah. So and yes. another message in there is to shop around and that these things are possible, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so you know, there, there's some lenders that will just work off salary and dividends, what's on your tax return. And, and you know, they, they might have good rates, but out there at the moment, you know, today we've had one of the lenders that will work off your profits and they've got the market leading, you know, uh, rates. And, and so, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean to say that you can't have what you want and, and don't, uh, the amount of clients that say, my accountants asked me what dividend I should take this year. And, and so they're going to take an extra dividend and pay more tax on when they don't need to. Interesting. And can I ask yeah. a question? So yeah. there's actually two things on my mind that just popped into my head when you were talking just then. So first of all, I know that some lenders, from what you were saying, some lenders use salary plus dividends as yeah. how they define income. Are they ever funny about the dividends on top? Like, will they ever insist that it's purely income, as in income that is taxed as income tax? Will they ever insist that, that you can only get a quote based off that income per se? Does that make sense? And and not and not um, and not have the dividends in there as well. Like, do they always um, are they always okay about including dividends in the tally? Uh, well, if if they're only working off salary and dividends, they'll only work off that. What what the lenders that work off the profits, they're not going to add back into the dividends because the dividends are only paid from the profits. 
Yeah. So, so um, it's it's one or the other. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so the very first you said two things then. Yeah, and you were, you said that first of well, the first thing that you said was income plus dividends. When they when they're when they're working off income, it'll always be those two things together and never separate, right? Yes, sal- salary and dividends, profit and salary. Well, yeah, because salary is taken out of the profit to to, to come to the profit figure that they'll add the salary back. Now, some people they might do you know the sixty k pension contribution, which you can do. And some people say, well, you can add that back in. And that, in, then, yes, there are lenders that will do that. But then you're looking at a specialist lender and, and higher rates. So things are always possible. What we're talking about today is getting your mainstream lenders, your, you know, your decent rates. Things are always possible. But when you start asking for sort of stretched criteria that's when you're going to sort of more specialist than you pay a higher rate for all right cool thank you for answering that and i'm gonna guess that the lenders that consider profit as income i'm gonna guess that they ask for a higher rate no oh they no, don't that's the thing totally counterintuitive because i was like yeah you've got a business yeah, no, we, we've got market leading rates um, and, and they are lenders that will work off profit. I can't be the first one to be surprised by that because it is counterintuitive, right? Yeah. It used to me. Yeah. It's just knowing which lenders do which. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, listen, thank you for all of that. Anything else we should know on this topic about how the lenders define income? Any other considerations? Because to me, we've been pretty comprehensive there. We've covered it. It's either going to be in a flipping company or it's going to be a personal affairs. There's not a whole lot more to it, unless there's something else in there. Um, no, like there's always, there's always, you know, it's, quite often things aren't vanilla, um, which is why I've done my job. <laughs> I love a challenge. Um, but um, no, it's, it, it's pretty straightforward. Obviously, there's other things that might be classed as income as well. So, you know, if if you uh, have child benefit um, and or maintenance payments, those those things will be classed as income as well. Uh, not all lenders will take um, child benefit or or any DSS payments. Um, uh, into account but you know uh buy to let buy to let um you know profits can also be taken as income uh so so yeah it's um i think it's just the case of speaking to a mortgage advisor obviously i'd love you to come to me but there are other people available especially in the uh dentistry invest group um you know speak to your advisor because they will be able to tell you, you know, uh, or advise you and help you and work out what is your income. How about this? So broadly speaking, most dentists will have one of two categories, I suppose, of limited companies. It's either going to be for their actual dental practice or it's going to be into which they the company into which they receive their private pay, right, as an Um, associate. 
So, so what do you mean they have multiple limited companies? No, no, no. What I mean is, so broadly speaking, dentists fit into two categories. Are you with me? They're either associates who have limited companies because they're receiving their pay into it, or the other. Oh, category, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or the other category is going to be principals who have dental practices. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about those two groups. Is there anything you need to okay. know whenever it comes to how we define income comparing those two parties, or is it all exactly the same? It, it, if we're using the accounts, it's the accounts that we're, we're using. So it doesn't matter whether they're an associate or a principal. Um, if, if uh, which I've actually uh, got my sort of, um, I've got a mortgage on my desk at the moment where um, the, the dentist has actually started their first associate position as a limited company. Uh, I tend to find that people go so as sole trader to begin with and then switch to limited company, but they're going limited straight away. Now we can use the um, pay schedule criteria on, on that person because they they're an associate. So they're you know they're getting their, their um, pay via NHS private on their pay schedules from their principal. Question, okay. You've got lenders out there that let's say we're depositing into a private pension. They'll 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 use the profits, so to speak, of the amount of the they'll use the figures from the profits pre the investment into the pension, right? As a private pension. How about does the same logic apply? Are there any lenders that do that for the NHS pension? As in our gross before we make our contributions to the NHS pension? Yeah, uh, pension contributions, if you're NHS, those earnings will typically not go through your limited company. So that will be sole trader or partnership income. So that will show on your tax return. And that's how we evidence that income. And then that lenders will typically ignore your pension contributions. Some lenders do take it into account, but that, that because it's not mandatory, uh, there's the argument that you can stop those contributions at any point. So typically they're not taken into account. Now, if your limited company, which is your private earnings, if you make pension contributions uh, via that, well, then that does come off your profit before we, we uh, sort of derive to your net profit figure. So that does have an impact. Thank you. Unless we go specialist lenders that will add your pension back in. Cool, cool. And that's only really in the situation where you can get, you can convince your principal to pay your NHS pay separately and your private pay into the limited company. That would be in the situation that we're doing both of those things together, or, yeah. or we can apply the logic separately and individually as well. Yeah, or, or we have principles that you know that sort of partnership or or sole trader. Their NHS income goes through partnership with sole trader, and then limited company goes into into uh, their private earnings go into the limited company. So. Yeah, you know, we, we have quite a lot of that where you've got a mixture of the two. There's layers to this. It looks simple from the outside looking in, like most things, but there's actually layers to this, which is flipping fascinating. 
I wanted to ask one more thing. What was the thing that was in my head? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, I just wanted to uh, apologize, Anne, because I was just, it's just in my nature to just take things to the extreme and just figure out all the permutations, which is kind of where I was going in that. But then again, I wanted to give as much value as possible on the podcast, which is hyper useful. Oh, yeah. It just came back to me, the thing that I wanted to ask. I've heard, and I've seen this thrown around a few times, that really it's a good idea to get maybe like two years of accounts before we think about going limited from the point of view that we can get a better rate on our mortgage. What do you think about that, Sarah? No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you sure, Sarah? Are you sure? You didn't sound certain then. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That was yeah, yeah no, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You're not speaking to the right uh, mortgage bond. Oh, boom! Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. To uh, you know, if you want to have the choice of the whole of the market, I would say yeah, two years. Um, but but you know, we we've got we've got like really good high street, really recognisable names that will work off one year. We've, we've also got lenders, but um, I found another lender yesterday where I've got somebody that's uh, gone from sole trader to limited company, and they don't even need to have one year's trading in the new entity. They will just work off their sole trader um, sole trader uh, figures that we've, we've got. So, you know, there, there are... There are cho- if you want to have the choice of the market, yes, but but there are there are always options. I I would say speak to a mortgage advisor before doing something, and and you know uh, we can talk to your accountants as well and work out between between us. But you know if you're if you're going to save a shed load in tax, well you know it it's. Having a 0. 0.1, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.3% on your rate, it's hardly going to make that sort of amount of difference. Boom. Thank you for that, Sarah. So, in other words, it's certainly worth, it's possible and it can certainly be worth yeah. exploring, but it sounds like the sort of thing you want to have a conversation about, really. Yeah. yeah. And on that note, Sarah, you've been really, really, really generous with your time today on the Dennis Invest podcast. I was wondering if anybody out there listening wants to find out more about yourself, where can they find you? Right, so we're www.sarah-that's the little minus sign, grace.co.uk. Um, and we've got our website there. Uh, or I am in the dentist who invests, uh, Sarah Grace. Uh, I'm, I'm on that group as well, so you can message me through that. Cool. All right. Top stuff. Well, listen, Sarah, Sarah, once again, thank you so much for your time. I'm looking forward to having you back on the podcast very soon. Yeah, no, thank you, James. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date with information on new podcasts which are released weekly. Please also feel free to leave a positive review so others can learn about this podcast and benefit from it. I would also encourage any fans of the podcast to sign up to the free Facebook community from which the podcast originated. Please search Dentists Who Invest on Facebook and hit join to become part of a community of thousands of other dentists interested in improving their finances, well-being and investing knowledge. Looking forward to seeing you on there.